بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه مباركا عليه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد Alhamdulillah, after <clears throat> we've been able to discuss what the path is and the various stages of the nafs and of the soul, the seven stages, he then, the author Imam Dardir rahimahullah, he started to discuss the various principles of usul al-tariq al-muttasila Al-Musila ilallah. These are the fundamentals of the path, the path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If these, are, if these things aren't corrected, uh, if they're not reformed, then eventually reaching and being on this path and continuing on this path becomes very difficult. So the first one that we spoke about is the Tawbah, which pretty much everybody agrees is the first section because you want to shed the load that we have of sins. So then we free ourselves and then we can continue. The second thing is called shukr. Thanian shukr. Wakun. He says, Wakun ala alaihi shakura. Wakun ala alaihi shakura. Wakun ala balaihi sabura. So essentially, shukr and the next one is going to be sabr. Third one. So the second one is shukr. He says, Athani shukrul mun'im jalla wa az. Wahu sarful abdi. جميع ما أنعم الله به عليه من عقل وسمع وبصر ولسان وغيرها إلى ما خلق لأجله. That's quite comprehensive. What does it mean to have shukr of Allah subhanahu wa taala? What does it mean to be grateful to Allah and to thank Him? He says to anybody, but especially to Allah, because He is the greatest munim. أنعم ينعم إنعام means to uh, to, best, uh, to bestow on people, to give, to provide gifts, to provide supplies, to provide whatever a person needs. And Allah is the one who gives the give, greatest of gifts to us because He gave us the gift of wujud. I mean, before we came into this world, there was nobody even thinking of us that, okay, there's going to be a guy who's called Ammar or there's going to be a guy, guy called Suhail or Ahmed or Abdurrahman or whatever, and he's going to look like this. There was no such thing. Allah decided to bring us into the world. And then He takes us away. I mean, the, the benefit of being in this world is then we can go to Jannah. So I'd rather be here than not be here, as long as we go to Jannah. May that be the case for all of us. I mean, so to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so to thank the, the giver, Al Mun'im, most majestic, most mighty. It is for a servant, a slave, to turn everything that Allah has bestowed upon him, i.e. Uh, in intellect, intelligence, to be able to just figure things out, to earn our living, to study, to make money, to live through this world, to navigate the affairs of this life. That's the aql. وَسَمَعْ وَبَصَرْ Likewise, our hearing, our sight, walisan, our tongue, and everything else, to turn all of that it's quite simple, for which it was created. 
So to turn all of these things and administer them in those things for which they were created. So with the aql and the intelligence, we need the intelligence to be able to recognize Allah. To recognize that we have a creator. And then to recognize that this creator, we, uh, everybody agrees that thankfulness is a good thing. And ingratitude is looked down upon whether a person is religious or not, except maybe some crazy people who just have absolutely no idea or no concept of good and bad. And then the sama and the basr, so to avoid haram and to listen to the Qur'an and to listen to good things and to listen to people's needs, etc. And likewise, seeing the good and avoiding the evil. And then the tongue, of course. I mean, the tongue is uh, full of calamities and there's at least 20 calamities that Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah, has talked about for the tongue in his Ihya Ulum al-Din where he discusses the 20 calamities and tells us how to deal with it. Um, this, this shukr that he's talking about, this definition is actually the shari definition. This is what Allah wants from us. This is when we say that religiously or Islamically you must have shukr and thanks, then this is the shukr that he's talking about. Otherwise, generically or linguistically, shukr is something else in Arabic. Right? The word shukr in Arabic uh, essentially is وَهُوَ فِعْلٌ يُنْبِئُ عَنْ تَعْظِيمِ الْمُنْعِمِ بِسَبَبِ كَوْنِهِ مُنْعِمًا عَلَى الشَّاكِرْ أَوْ غَيْرِهِ Right? Generically speaking, all shukr is linguistically. Linguistically is for you to express, to do any action, for you to do any action which uh, indicates that you are honoring the one who's provided a service, the one who's provided a gift, the one who's bestowed something on whether uh, upon yourself or somebody else. Basically, it's just to thank somebody generically. So it's not that, that that's quite generic. Whereas for, from the Sharia perspective, it's actually to thank Allah, uh, uh, to, to thank Allah, not just verbally, but to actually use everything that He's given us in the right course. That's really what it is. So to be honest, if there's somebody who never says a shukru lillah or thank you Allah, but he is using every aspect of what Allah has given him uh, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he's probably a greater shakir than, than those of us who do everything else with the gifts that Allah has given us. And we, we say, oh, thank you, Allah. And then we use that same gift to actually commit a sin. So a lot of people commit sins with disposable wealth. Right? It's easier to commit sin the more wealth we have because wealth gives us this false sense of security and confidence and stability. And then we think, well, I've got the money. I can do it here. And then, of course, there's always shaitans out there encouraging us to spend our money in places right there's always the shayateen that are going to be encouraging us to spend money and spend our resources and then if you have them then you can do it otherwise you're barred from it then there's other vices I guess not to say that if you don't have any money you can't have any vices of course everybody has a vice the nafs is there anyway and then he says وَكُنْ عَلَىٰ آلَائِهِ so that's basically when he says وَكُنْ عَلَىٰ آلَائِهِ شَكُورًا that's Islamic shukr which of the bounties of your Lord, the favors. So be upon his favors, thankful. That's what he says in his poem. So Allah here, obviously favors means ni'mah. And he says these favors that Allah has showered upon you, whether they be apparent favors, such as your hearing and sight, 
and the soundness of your limbs health basically for, for you to be proportionate for you to be uh, given the various limbs by which we can lead our life and also the batiniya the internal bounties that Allah has given us what are the internal bounties what do you think he's talking about here uh, rather than internal, actually, it's more <coughs> esoteric as opposed to exoteric. Uh, more, uh, you can say, inner bounties. Iman, absolutely. Iman and knowledge. Iman and knowledge. Right. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I mean, we really can't thank Him enough for the Iman that we have. I mean, the only reason we're sitting here is we have Iman. Otherwise, why would we be sitting here on a Friday night? There's so much else to do. There's so much competition out there. Pat yourselves on the back. I guess don't even do that. Just thank Allah for even... Because we wouldn't have been here. We wouldn't have been here. Allah brought us here for a reason. We just pray to Allah that it's a good reason. And Allah accepted from us. That we can come together on this Friday evening. Shakuran. Ay kathira shukr. So the word is kun shakuran. Uh, not Shakiran. Shakir is just normally grateful. Shakuran is an intensified version of that form. It's a form, intense form. Shakuran, a kathira shukri, abundantly thankful. So be abundantly thankful on his favors because you must be that. فَهُوَ يَرْجِعُ إِلَىٰ اِعْتِقَادٍ بِالْجَنَانِ وَخِدْمَةٍ بِالْأَرْكَانِ وَنُطْكٍ بِالْلِسَانِ And essentially, if you want to be abundantly thankful, the way you will be abundantly thankful is that you will have to believe this in your heart. You will have to acknowledge and have this as a conscience in your mind. You'll have to be conscious of, conscious of the fact that everything that we have is given to us by Allah. Even the fact that we are listening to a talk about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even that. Essentially what Allah wants from us is to think about Him all the time. So, i'tiqadim bil janan, because without this i'tiqad, without this belief in the heart, Without this belief in the heart that I owe this to Allah, thank you Allah for this, that and the other, oh, I'm so grateful that I have this. If you don't have the etiquette, how are you going to do the next part, which is khidmatim bil arkan, which is actually to give service with, with the limbs that Allah, with the body that we have. How, how are we going to even do that? If the first step, which is that we have a sense of gratitude, we have a sense of gratitude. And then, وَنُطْكُمْ بِاللِّسَانِ With the tongue. بِأَنْ يَعْتَقِدَ أَنْ لَا نِعْمَةَ إِلَّا مِنْهُ تَعَالَى So, the way to do this is, uh, what we have to, he, he's telling us exactly what to do with the heart. How does the heart play into it? He says, by believing that there is no bounty except from Allah. So, every bounty there is, any possible bounty there is, it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's a belief we must have. Yes, there will be intermediaries in between that, you know, suddenly I'll get a gift from somebody. Right. But I have to believe that it's Allah who put it into their heart to give it to us for whatever reason. Last week, somebody brings me honey from Bosnia. Right, Bosnia, like, you know, honey, mashallah. So I must now think that this is a ni'mah from Allah that Allah allowed me to have. I didn't go out to look for it. I never even had it at the back of my mind ever that I, was, I wanted some Bosnian honey. Allah decided to provide it. Anything. Everything that we have. You get married. 
you have children, you learn something new, that is a bounty. We got so much to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. وَيَنْتِكُ بِلِسَانِهِ بِأَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَبِغَيْرِهِ مِنَ الْأَذْكَارِ Now, how does the tongue play into this? Well, of course, with the tongue we say لا إله إلا الله Really, like, there is no God except Allah. We really believe that. وَبِغَيْرِهِ مِنَ الْأَذْكَارِ And other أَذْكَارِ that we do, and that is thanking Him. Because that's the best form of thanking Him with the tongue. You can go around all day and tell people, you know, I'm really thankful of Allah, I'm really thankful of Allah as a statement, just to prove a point to somebody. But really the, the, the real shukr with the tongue will be that when you're alone just with Allah and you thank Him because there's no riya in that there's no, sh there's no showing off there's no, there, there's no ostentation in that at all because you, you know that you're doing it for Allah and one is that you do dhikr and you don't even think about Allah but then it's much more personal when you actually think about Allah when you actually communicate with Him so when you're doing dhikr, you're actually communicating with Allah. Oh Allah, I'm sat here for your sake. Thank you for even allowing me to sit here and give me the tawfiq to do more. And here is my dhikr, la ilaha illallah. وَيَعْمَلْ بِجَوَارِحِهِ And then after that, he goes on to uh, practically doing something. كُلَّمَا طُلِبَ مِنْهُ مِنْ الْمَأْمُورَاتِ وَاجِبَةً كَانَتْ أَوْ مَنْدُوبَةً That basically we then uh, fulfill all the obligations that we've been commanded to do. No, we, 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 we basically do everything that has been sought from us. Everything that Allah wants from us, we do that. Whether it be wajib or whether it be, it be mustahab. So the more mustahab things we do, which means the more recommended things that we do, the more Allah is going to be appreciative. Because remember, Allah's name is also Shakur. Right? We have to be Shakur, but Allah is also Shakur, but His from the other way around. What that means is that Allah is never going to ignore somebody's offering. So if we show thanks and if we show any kind of khidma and service to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I don't want to say He's going to be grateful because that's a very human kind of term. But Allah will reward us for it. It is something that he will take into consideration and we will deserve his attention. That's what he means by shakur. So Allah la yudhi, he never wastes anybody's action. Ma kan Allahu yudhi'a imanakum. Allah will never, that's a'malakum there as according to the mufassirin, your, your deeds. That's Allah subhanahu wa that's what he gives back to us. So, he says, So whether it's wajib or mandu, we do as much as possible for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And among the bounties, so now he, he's playing it successfully because, uh, sorry, successively because in the previous section he talked about tawbah. So now he's saying, among those things it's wajib for us to do shukr on is the tawbah. Because not everybody can do tawbah, you have to remember that. You know, the desire to want to repent. The desire to want to repent and just shed all the previous sins and want to be free of them. That desire, unfortunately, doesn't come enough. And when it comes, it's really beautiful because you feel closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you feel lightened when you're able to do, when we're able to do the tawbah. So now the idea is this, <clears throat> we do tawbah, 
We do tawbah <clears throat> and then we do thanks. We give thanks for the tawbah. <clears throat> if we give thanks to the tawbah, for the tawbah, then we'll do more tawbah because Allah says that if you be thankful, then I'll give you more. So it's almost like we need to get into a system. We need to break in. I mean, to use the modern term, hack it, right? Which basically means that first do the tawbah and then thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you thank Allah, then He'll give you more. So then He'll give you tawfiq to do more tawbah. But the effort has to be on us first. That's why, inna Allah la yughayiru ma That's a policy, right? Allah is not going to change your state. Hatta yughayiru ma bi'anfusihim. Until you want to make that effort to change for it for yourself. So, you can sit and think, just wishfully think. Because there's two ways of thinking things, isn't it? One is a wishful thought, yes, I want to do it. It's in the back of my mind. It's something on the agenda. It's something I want to do before I die. right? Like I want to visit the Grand Canyon before I die. Like that kind of a thing. right? Because that's probably the only place I'd probably miss out of America that I didn't go and see. right? If you know what I mean, right? It's just one of the things, the 10 places that you must go and see before you die. You know, the, the, that's how the websites are these days, right? So if those are the things that you really want to see, then you need to make a serious endeavor to plan for them. You need to save up, you need to plan, you need to research. Well, likewise with, with, with this, you, it can't be that wishful thinking. It must be that desire. And then inshallah, once we're on the path, other things will open up for us. May Allah make it easy. So now look at this, right? This is, this is a very, this is a person with a lot of experience who's explaining how to do this. So he says that among the bounties upon which it is wajib and mandatory to make shukr is tawbah right is tawbah is is repentance and then was shukru ala shukri i told you you have to get into this and that's what he's saying you have to thank allah and then you have to thank allah that he allowed you to thank him right so you have to thank allah and say oh allah i thank you for even allowing me to thank you because anything related to allah he must allow it he must allow anything in this world. But we want to thank him if he allows us to do something good. Because we don't want to use that same time to do something bad. So hence he says that there is no end to shukr. It's shukr on shukr on shukr on shukr. There is no end to thankfulness. So that's why Mahmoud al-Warraq says in a poem, إِذَا كَانَ الشُّكْرِ نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ نِعْمَةٌ إِذَا كَانَ الشُّكْرِ نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ نِعْمَةٌ عَلَيَّ لَهُ فِي مِثْلِهَا يَجِبُ الشُّكْرُ فَكَيْفَ بُلُوغُ الشُّكْرِ إِلَّا بِفَضْلِهِ وَإِنْ طَالَتِ الْأَيَّامُ وَاتَّسَعَ الْعُمْرُ There's nobody basically, he's, you can't reach the end of shukr. Shukr has to be a fact of our life until we die. That we must continue to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَالشُّكْرُ لَا نِهَايَةَ لَهُ وَلِذَا قَالَ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ سُبْحَانَكَ لَا نُحْصِي ثَنَاءً عَلَيْكَ أَنْتَ كَمَا أَثْنَيْتَ عَلَى نَفْسِكَ Which is one of the famous du'as, which is glorified be you, we cannot encompass praise upon you. We cannot sufficiently praise you. We can never praise you enough, essentially. You are, and then, you know, essentially this is the Prophet ﷺ who is the most aware of Allah, who is probably the greatest of the shakur uh, uh, the greatest of the 
great, uh, grateful servants of Allah who stands at night time to pray without, you know, even though everything has been forgiven for him. So you can tell that he's purely doing it for a different reason. He's not doing it to, uh, he, he's no longer concerned about being in the hellfire. That, that's not a problem for him. Right? That's not even on the agenda. That's, that's besides the point. That's already taken care of. So he is doing this for the sake of being just thankful to Allah, which is a way high, uh, a level high above everything else. And that's why he, he's saying here, this is the Prophet ﷺ's dua. So he's saying, Ya Allah, glorified be you. I can't praise you enough. And then he says, you are as you have prayed, praised yourself. Meaning I am no longer able to praise you. But I can say that you are as you praise yourself because only you are befitting to praise yourself in a worthy way. No other human being can praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that way. And he says, look, I know you guys are probably thinking that that's very difficult. And he says, yes, exactly. The shukr according, in this, uh, uh, according to this idea is extremely difficult. Aziz, meaning it's extremely difficult and magnanimous it's very difficult to attain that لِأَنَّهُ طَرِيقُ السِّدِّقِينَ I mean this is this is that kind of shukr is done by the siddiqeen those people who've achieved the high status but um, I guess we're not expected to do that kind of shukr right now we have to work ourselves up and then we can do that shukr because we'll know how to do it that's why you know for somebody very important if we go and give them like a basic gift they'll probably be happy with it because that's our status but if they've got somebody very close and they gave them like some basic gift, they'll be like, man, come on, you know that I don't need this kind of stuff from you. I need something serious from you, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says actually, right? He actually says, وَقَلِيلٌ مِنْ عِبَادِيَ الشَّكُورِ وَقَلِيلٌ مِنْ عِبَادِيَ الشَّكُورِ Very few of my servants are fully thankful, are abundantly thankful. Because we're just so, we get so confident and so engrossed in what Allah has given us that He actually makes us forget Him. That's the whole fitna. And anybody who can overcome that riddle in the mind, that, that challenge, then we've succeeded. Literally, that's the challenge of the world. I'm going to give you, right? For, for those of us who have, I'm going to give you. And you just have to make sure that it, you, you, know, you can still see me be, beyond it and not get engrossed in, too, in it too much. And for poorer, poorer people, then there's another challenge. Everybody has a different challenge. Allahu Akbar, may Allah make it easy. Okay, so that's shukr. Um, sabr. The next one is sabr. He says, as I said, وَكُنْ عَلَى بَلَائِهِ صَبُورًا فَكُلُّ أَمْرٍ بِالْقَضَاءِ وَالْقَدَرِ وَكُلُّ مَقْدُورٍ فَمَا عَنْهُ مَفَر So he says, be abundantly thankful over his bounties and be extremely patient over the over all his calamities all calamities that come be extremely patient because every matter is through predestination and planning everything's been done through predestination and decree nothing is out of it allah knows everything and everything that has been decree then there's no way to escape it but again please don't get confused you don't know what's decreed Immediately, as soon as people think this, shaitan comes in and makes them feel, oh, okay, so you're not going to get anywhere because it's been decreed for you. Well, how do you know? The only decree you know about or anybody knows about is the one that's passed. It's really, the matter is as simple as that. The decree that we must be worried about is what's passed. We know how to take care of that, 
right? We, we, we can make tawbah, etc. We just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So why would you fret about something that's going to happen that you don't know it's going to happen? You think it's going to happen. But the fact is that in the reality of the matter, according to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, anything that has been decreed, there is no change in that. But we just don't know what it is, so we can't say it's going to be this or that until it actually happens. That's the conundrum. So what is sabr? Athalith as sabru al bala patience upon calamities. Which is to control the nafs, control the nafs over anything that afflicts it, that it is unconducive for it. Anything that we don't like, that happens to us, just bear it. Control the nafs. Don't let go. Don't, don't freak out. Don't lash out. Why? So he says, Ridan bi taqdiril malik. Purely out of satisfaction for the decree of the sovereign, Al Mukhtar, who has absolute choice to do as he wishes. So once it's happened, Right? Look, the, the way it is is that some, we don't want things to happen because we ask Allah for afiyah. But if something does happen, it's happened now, right? What are we going to do now? Because you can't turn back the clock. That's the thing. If you can turn back the clock, it'd be a different story, but that just doesn't happen. Now you can go and turn back that clock as much as you want. Nothing's going to happen. Right? It's not a time clock. You know? So what I mean is, you, know, you can't make that not happen. It's happened now. How do you deal with it now? Okay, so immediately we're supposed to feel that, okay, Allah is behind this. He knows exactly what's happening and I need to be in control. I just need to be in control. Now, eventually humans do learn control. But they feel they need to freak out in the beginning. So when something happens, they think they need to shriek. They think they need to scream. They think they need to complain. They think they need to tell the whole world. They think they need to cry. Right? These are various different human reactions. So that's why when Abdullah ibn Mubarak, I think it was him and his son passed away and he was seen very composed. So people were quite surprised, how come we don't see you um, in another state? He says, I'm doing exactly what you're going to do after three days if this happened to you. I've just learned to do it from now. This doesn't mean you can't cry. The Prophet ﷺ cried when his grandson, passed, a grandson or grand, granddaughter passed away. And that's fine. But you're in control. That's control crying. That's just good for yourself. So the reason when something goes wrong, immediately you think, okay, this is, I just need to so sh show satisfaction. How does Allah want me to be in this case? Min ghayri inzi'aj, you must not feel any kind of, you must not feel any kind of contraction about it. You, you must understand it's from Allah and you must not have any complaint about Allah. Of course, if you've done something wrong, you can beat yourself up about it to a certain degree, but you know, you can't complain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that why did you give me this? Why did it happen to me? He says basically, all the calamities that could come to you, whether that be a sickness or an illness that you have to overcome, uh, that, that you've just been afflicted with, whether that be 
uh, cancer, whether that be, I mean, as bad as cancer, whether that be some other uh, terminal illness, uh, you know, type of terminal illness, whether that be even a cold, whether that be just basically a massive flu, whether that be <coughs> some kind of other problem, whether that be diabetes, low blood sugar, hard sugar, uh, high blood sugar, whatever it may be, or just constraints of life. You're just not getting a job, right? Things aren't working out for you. Or loss of wealth, somehow you just had a big loss in your business or otherwise. Wa'iyal, <coughs> you've lost somebody in the family. Or somebody else is bothering you. Adiyati ahad, somebody is bothering you. That's still a calamity at the end of the day. Wa'ghayri dhalik. This is just telling you to be in control. That's all it's telling you to be. Because at the end of the day, that's what Allah wants us to be. Of course, then within that whole thing, He puts in there um, everything that we're accountable for, we're responsible for, like salat and uh, fasting. That is a difficulty that comes upon us, if you want to call it a difficulty. Basically, you have to be patient in doing it. Because sometimes for human beings, it's difficult to do these things. Saburan, a kathira sabri, fa innahu ta'ala yuhibbu abdahu sabur. You need to be abundantly patient because Allah loves His servant who is abundantly patient. That's why Allah says, Wabashiri sabiri. Give glad tidings to those who are patient. Waqala ta'ala innama yuwafa sabiruna ajrahum bi ghayri hisab. Allah gives a full. Yuwaffa sabirun, sabirin, people who are patient, are given a full share of their patient, uh, sorry, a full share of their reward with, without any limit. Waffa yuwafi, what's very interesting is that there are tens of names of death used by Arabs from Jahiliya times. Like there were tens of terms that they would use for death you know one was mouth and another one was hatfun and there, there was a number of other uh, words they use the quran didn't use any, hardly any of them it introduced a new word which was never used before do you know what that word was wafat wafat when you look at it they knew the word wafat wafa yuwafi it means to give it means to fully accomplish something to fully receive something. It has this meaning of wafa, which means to fully receive something. So wafat means you fulfilled your time in this world. What does that tell you? That tells you that there's another life to come. The reason no other word were used, because all of those words indicated that you only live once in this world. Like you die and that's it. Because they had no concept of resurrection. So Allah introduced in the Quran a new word of wafa to say, you just fulfill your time in this world, hence there's another time. That's the power of the rhetoric of the Quran, if you can understand it. I mean, most English translations will probably just translate it as death and just bring it back to the original. Right? But how do you, you, know, how, how, how do you uh, give that meaning in English you know, it, it, without being too wordy is the, is the challenge. So that's why he says, Innama yuwaffa sabirun. The sabirun will be given a full, full share of their reward, bighayri hisab, without, without any number. That's Allah. He, the, the greatest reward, even in worships, which is the worship that he says that uh, I'm going to directly give a reward for? It's fasting, because fa fasting is all patience. 
abstinence. It's all patience. وَالصَّبْرُ وَصْفُ أُولِي الْعَزْمِ وَالْهِمَمِ الْعَلِيَّةِ And sabr and patience is the characteristic of the people of high resolution. Isn't it? Ask all these people who made it big. They didn't make it big just like that. They had to over, you know, they had to start off in their garage. They had to spend night and day. Right? To do things. Right? They didn't, those were not the people. I mean, sometimes, you know, subhanAllah. You know, when you've got a task in front of you, like we started this institute, I'm like, why the headache? Right? I had a wonderful life. Wake up whatever time, you know. Why the headache? Like, why do I need to get up so early in the morning and come and teach every day? Right? I don't need to do this. Meaning, I'm making, I could make money other ways. I don't, need to, I don't need this for money. You know what I'm saying? And then you think that all the great people, they didn't get to where... Then you look at everybody else who's just got a relaxed life. They don't have, they've got no headache about students and this and, and uh, what do you call it? They've got no headaches they, about strategizing, looking at the future... Uh, are you going to be successful or not? Because you don't want to do things for the sake of You want to do things to be successful in it. To make sure that it provides a service, it provides a solution. Those are concerns. and They weigh on your head. So then you think, why? And why can't I just be like X, Y and Z? They, mashallah, they pray their salah, they, have, they come work, they go to sleep. They, they don't have to strategize. You don't have to strategize. You can have that 9 to 5 job and just relax at night and get 8 hours of sleep or 7 hours of sleep or whatever it is that you get. Fine. And no fikr, no concern. But then, how are you going to produce? How are you going to contribute something? You have to make an effort. So that's what he's saying. You have to make an effort. Those are the people of Ulul Azm. That's all about sabr and patience. You want to get somewhere, you're going to need patience. Even the people of the world, when they want to get somewhere, there's a lot of patience that they have to exercise. The, the hours and hours of struggle, of, of whether that be studies, or whether that be manufacturing, whatever it is, whatever field they're in. وَقَدْ وَرَدَ فِيهِ وَفِي الشُّكْرِ مِنَ الْآيَاتِ وَالْأَحَادِيثِ الشَّرِيفَةِ مَا لَوْ تُتَبَّعْ لَأَدَّى إِلَى مَزِيلِ التَّطْوِيلِ الْمُخْرِجِ عَنِ الْمَقْسُودِ he says about uh, sabr and shukr, there are so many verses and ahadith, noble ahadith, that if they were to be rounded up, we, we, you know, th- this would become very lengthy discourse and it would go beyond the objective of what we're trying to convey to you. So he says we're not going to do that. وَبِالْجُمْلَةِ يَنْدَرِجُ تَحْتَهَا كُلُّ الدِّينِ مِنَ الْمَأْمُورَاتِ وَالْمَنْهِيَاتِ But one thing I have to say, he says in general, um, if you look at sabr and shukr, they are such concepts that the entire deen, of everything that we're told to do or we're told not to do comes under it. That it's related to sabr and shukr. Because remember how he translated, how he defines shukr. Shukr was to basically use what Allah has given us for whatever He's commanded us, for whatever is being created. So that's, you know, all the deeds and everything we use our body. And the sabr is there to avoid all the harams. So basically, the whole of deen comes in just enhancing our sabr and shukr, our deen will get better. فَنَاهِيكَ بِهِمَا مَدْحًا لِمَنِ اتَّصَفَ بِهِمَا فتأمل. So basically saying that it's sufficient for you to know the praiseworthy status of the one who is characterized by these two things. If Allah can see us as shakur, yes, this is one of my servants who is shakur and sabur, then that would be more than sufficient praise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we need. 
the next part is essentially he has decided to add this next part on uh, about sabr because sabr uh, is easier if somebody is able to clear up the concept for us which I've already done briefly before that if everything is already ordained then there's no reason not to be uh, not to be sabir there right so that's why he says ثُمَّ عَلَّلَ طَلَبَ الصَّبْرِ بِقَوْلِهِ فَكُلُّ أَمْرٍ أي وَإِنَّمَا طُلِبَ مِنْكَ الصَّبْرُ لِأَنَّ كُلَّمَا بَرَزَ فِي الْكَائِنَاتِ فَهُوَ بِالْقَضَاءِ أي بِسَبَبِهِ he says every matter uh, basically anything that patience has been sought from you about right no patience has been sought from you is desired from you by Allah uh, because everything that is going to occur that appears in the world in creation it is by the decree of Allah and what does the decree of Allah mean he says according to the Asha'ira that means that for Allah to will from eternity to specify certain things in a particular way that okay Brother Muhammad is going to be like this, he's going to live here, he's going to be this tall, he's going to have this much money, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be with this person, all of that. That takhsis, that specification, that design from pre-eternity is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's essentially predestination. أي على طبك علمه According to the knowledge of Allah that he had of, of things. Then he goes into a bit of theological stuff, which I'm not going to, because I mean, for that, what I would suggest is that you just listen to the talk that I've mentioned before, which is called, Don't Be Depressed, You Don't Know Your Future. Right? That will describe everything that he's mentioning next, because that's all complex theological stuff, which I don't want to open up right now. Right? But at the end, he finishes off, he says that, وَكُلُّ مَقْدُورٍ Everything that has been decreed. أي أمرٌ قد قدره الله تعالى everything that Allah has decreed أي أبرزه للوجود بما سبق في سابق علمه وقضائه that everything that Allah has allowed to come into existence based on His knowledge of how things were supposed to be right all of that is فما عنه مفر there is no way to escape that there is no way to avoid that أي لا بد من وقوعه على طبق ما أراد وعلم because it is necessary for those things to occur in the way that Allah has willed them from before and that He's known them to eventually happen. وَلَا مَحِيسَ عَنْهُ There is no way to escape it. فَيَجِبُ إِذًا الصَّبْرُ وَالتَّسْلِيمُ لِمَا قَدْرَهُ الْعَلِيمُ الْحَكِيمُ So as I said to you, again, that should not cause fear because we don't know what's going to happen. It could be positive instead of negative as we keep feeling. But if something negative does happen, then we know what to do. Now we know that this was the Qadr, so it's happened. So now be do sabr. That's what we're supposed to do. So that's why he's saying it is then necessary to have patience and then submit to what the most knowledgeable, the most knowing, and the wise one has decreed. For in lam yasbir, but if a person is not patient there, one qalaba ala wajhi, and he basically turns around in that case, faqad khasira dunya wal akhirah, then they will be losers of this world and the hereafter. Because they have basically not acted upon what we are supposed to do in that case. مِنْ غَيْرِ تَخْفِيفٍ عَنْهُ وَلَا نَاصِرٍ يَنْصُرُهُ 
Essentially, he's saying you're going to be out there cold with nobody to help you because it's Allah who can help you. And if you're turning away from him at this point when you need him most, can you imagine how much shaitan has misled us? That when we're in a calamity, we start complaining. Whereas we actually need Allah most. One way that somebody explained this is that if there's somebody shooting arrows, where's the safest place to be? I guess right next to him. Right? Because if you're at any distance, then he can shoot you. It's right next to him. Mean, we don't. That's a bad example for Allah. He's not shooting arrows here. But the idea is that it's best to be. It's just like a mother it shouts at the child. The child runs to the mother. But if a father run, if a father shouts at the child, then then he runs to the mother. I've only seen one family where it was the opposite. Seriously, I've only seen one family where it was the opposite. They were so scared of their mother. And their father used to be like the mother. It wasn't like some kind of loose guy. You know, he was a very intelligent guy. But for whatever reason, these were people like taught in America, this family, mashallah, Allah bless them. Um, they, they, were, they were very scared of their mother. It wasn't, she wasn't some kind of wild woman or anything. There was not, nothing like that. She was just a very good mother. But for some reason, the father, they just used to run to him. Right? That's why uh, in the book, uh, I'm working on a book right now on, on marriage and divorce. And um, there's this whole discussion about when if husband and wives do split up, the mother and father, then where does the child go? So, you know, the Hanafis, they say seven years uh, for the boy, he can stay with the mother, nine years uh, with the mother, uh, up to nine years with the mother for a girl. Because uh, between the ages of seven and nine, is very important fa uh, a very important stage for a woman uh, for a girl because that's when there's going to be an onset of menstruation so the mother is the, in the best position to teach him that kind of thing uh, but then after that they should go to the boy because now he needs to learn manliness right and other sense of protection things like that which the man is better suited generally right to provide that kind of service um, there is a hadith which seems to indicate that the prophet gave a particular child a choice who do you want to be with so according to some, some other Imams have taken that. Um, there's some detail there. But the Hanafi say no. And the, one thing that the jurists all say is that if you're going to give a child a, an option at the age of seven, who's he going to go with? He's going to go with the one who lets him play more, he says. Right? The one who doesn't tell him to do anything. And generally in this case, it just depends on who's the more manipulative parent that I've seen practically speaking in cases like that. There will be certain parents who will indulge their children just to keep the children on their side and essentially they're harming the child this is something i need to speak about some other time but the angry mother syndrome of course you can have an ang angry father syndrome as well but generally it's an angry mother syndrome when 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 because the law supports the mother generally so i know for example at least seven to eight people i personally know within my area who have not seen their children for long periods of time and probably now won't be able to see them unless Allah opens up something in the future purely because of this because there's poisoning and alienation that's taken place actively by one of the parents by the mother in this case over the father and what's really surprising is that some of these are very religious people um, their whole family is very religious and it's just it's mind-boggling that's why I did some research and actually the, the, it's a syndrome, right? It's, it's this really crazy idea that comes up, but anyway, that's for another time. Yeah, so you go to the mother 
you go to the mother, that's where you go. And that's how our relationship should be more intense with Allah. Why do they go to the mother? Because the child intuitively knows. He stayed with her for nine months in the stomach. How can you forget that? Like, how can you forget that? So when, a, when you're a baby, intuitively you know that you must go there. Unfortunately, when you become adults and you start and you get married, right? Then you start complaining about your mother. I know she can be unreasonable sometimes. But that's, that's the tightrope. That's another, that's where you really need some sabr, I tell you that. That's where you really need a lot of sabr. May Allah help people. Okay, so we, we end here. And um, yeah, so the, the, there's uh, the other, uh, so we've done three. We've done three, inshallah, we'll move on to the number four next time. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam tabarakayad al-jalali wal-ikram. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Oh Allah, we ask you forgiveness from our sins. Oh Allah, we ask you for complete purity. Oh Allah, we ask you for complete purity and cleansiness of our hearts. Oh Allah, remove the darkness from our hearts. Oh Allah, turn their attention towards you and those things which satisfy you. Oh Allah, keep our hearts away from those things which displease you. Oh Allah, our hearts are attached. There are so many things that attract us, that detract us out there, that distract us and that take us away from our main responsibilities. Oh Allah, we, we are living in a time. We happen to be living in a time when the distractions have only increased. But oh Allah, we ask you for strength. Oh Allah, we ask you for your mercy. Oh Allah, we ask you for your special attention. Oh Allah, we ask you for your blessing upon this group of people. Oh Allah, we ask you for blessing upon the entire Muslim community. Oh Allah, we ask your blessing on humanity. Oh Allah, grant us the ability to be true representatives of our faith. Oh Allah, we, we ask that you forgive us all those sins that have become part of our life and that we no longer are considering sins anymore. Oh Allah, how can we make tawbah from them when we don't consider them to be sins anymore? Oh Allah, grant us the understanding of the truth and the understanding of the reality. Oh Allah, don't, do not make us of the dece deceived ones. Don't make us of those who you mentioned about in the Quran that they thought they were doing good, but they, they had no good. Oh Allah, oh Allah, there's a lot of, we're living in a, in a world where truth itself is being debated. Oh Allah, we ask that you do not make us of those who are deceived as well. O oh Allah, grant us the ability to see the truth as the truth and allow us to follow it. And to see the wrong as the wrong and allow us to abstain from it. O oh Allah, we ask that you give us permissible halal and blessed jobs. O oh Allah, whether that be business or other employment. O oh Allah, make it conducive for us. O oh Allah, make our surroundings, our neighborhood, our neighbors, our colleagues. O oh Allah, make that conducive for our faith. O oh Allah, there are many things that challenge us, that take us away. O oh Allah, we ask that we become worse after we were good. O oh Allah, that we, we, we lose the guidance that you put us upon, that you put us upon, that you cause our hearts to deviate after you gave them guidance. O oh Allah, we ask you refuge from all of these things. We ask you refuge from all the things out there that are to tempt us and that are to take us away and that seem to be glorified but is not glorified. O oh Allah, we ask that you protect us from these things. O oh Allah, grant us your special attention so that the shaitan and sh the, uh, shaitan whose 
deceptions are supposed to be weak. Oh Allah, we ask that you allow us to really understand that and to overcome the deceptions of the shaitan from our life. Oh Allah, we ask that you send your abundant blessings on our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. You grant us his company in the hereafter. And you grant us the ability to follow his sunnah and his guidance. You increase our love for him and our love for the Quran, our love for the deen. Oh Allah, that you make us discerning people with, with minds which understand the halal and haram and the right and wrong. Oh Allah, and, the, and you give us the ability to follow it. Oh Allah, protect our children. Oh Allah, grant us barakah in whatever you have given us. Oh Allah, and bless us in our health and our wealth. And oh Allah, remove the oppression from those who are being oppressed around the world. And oh Allah, allow us to do what you think is best for us to do for them. Give us the tawfiq to do what we should be doing for them. Oh Allah, oh Allah, assist us and guide us, assist us, guide us, have your special mercy on this group. Oh Allah, the small amount of offering of dhikr that we have done, oh Allah, we ask you to accept it. That you, uh, you make us of the dhakkareen and the shakkareen. You make us of those who are constantly in your remembrance and who are constantly thankful to you. Oh Allah, those things we have just studied and we have read, make them a reality for us in our life. Make them a reality for us in our life. Make them a reality for us in our life. Oh Allah, those difficulties that our brothers and sisters are facing, whether we know these people, whether we don't know these people, those who have requested us to make dua for them and those who have not requested, oh Allah, we ask you to grant them relief, to grant us relief and to bless us in all of our permissible endeavors. Oh Allah, make our intentions truly honorable that we want to do the right thing. And O oh Allah, increase our himma, increase our resolution, increase our firmness, and allow us to be successful in these endeavors. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alam.